eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. podcast hell yeah brother overload brother beats by at smoke m2d6 the seahawks have narrowly lost in a one score game to the pittsburgh steelers in week one of the preseason so that's good news because i guess it doesn't really matter this is another episode of Seattle Overload, where we will be recapping that, breaking that down, with the caveat of not having all 22 footage. So these won't be quite detailed takes, but we will come with them later this week. For now, we'll give you a brief overview, and we still have some scheme stuff to touch upon. Firstly, though, I had to deal with the Steelers broadcast, which... I mean, it's interesting hearing about an opponent a lot, but then I also don't really care when they're interviewing Steelers players on the sideline and talking about Steelers ownership, and it's it's a bit uh, lame, especially when Griffin, I believe, you had Michael Bennett as the Seahawks dude. Yeah, I did. It was a lot, um, a lot more interesting for a Seahawks fan, I'd say, to have Michael Bennett on the sideline and in the booth a bit. Um, then the Steeler stuff. Mike Robb is good too as the color guy, play by play. I mean, he he's a journal major, so he's built for this. Yeah. Um I mean, you know, of, of of real Rob fame, the real Rob <laughs> report. Um, so he's put in his dues. He was really good though. Like he should he could be doing this more often. Um I rather that, than your nemesis. Uh no comment there. We've made amends. I got my uh Precor 10% discount off. Um just kidding. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, it was it was funny though. It was fun having him and and uh, Bennett. Ty, did you get to enjoy Michael's? Unfortunately, not. Uh, I think, like you, I am also a subscriber to DAZN as a uh, non-American uh, living Seahawks fan, and so yeah, unfortunately, I had to watch the Steelers broadcast. Got to watch some interesting quarterback things. Some really sloppy play by the Seahawks at times. Sloppy tackling. I'm sure we'll get into all that. But an uh, interesting game, nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I actually, I usually like preseason stuff, but because there was no like big special teams plays from the Seahawks, really, and I guess this couldn't be the yeah. special teams part, and because the defense can tackle, which we'll get to, but... Yeah, I special, didn't really enjoy special teams game. couldn't really tackle either. <laughs> no, well, that was a massive problem. They the pursuit angles were just a mess. Yeah, if uh, if Seattle sustains any injury to one of their starting linebackers, they're going to be a dime team. 
because they oh. cannot trot out the Blanco yeah. or Muse or Nick Ballor. Um That can't happen. No. But but before we get to the defense, the quarterbacks are the main talking point yeah. here because we have a quarterback competition in Seattle for the first time in ages. And Geno Smith got the first half and he finished with a stats line of... Uh, 10 for 15, 101 passing yards, 6.7 yards per attempt, and one rushing touchdown. Uh, how, how, how did you feel Geno Smith did? Um, yeah, he had he had a pretty decent stat line. Um, he had the, the two drops, and then Noah Fant uh, stepped out of bounds. So, I mean, he could have been even statistically a lot better um, than he was, but um, he was he seemed sharp and quick game. I don't recall if there, they had a lot of deeper dropback stuff. Um, he made some nice throws outside of the pocket. Um, and then obviously he had that one really good seam throw again, like right in that, you know, 18 to 25, 30 yard range that one was 21 yards, but that's where he thrives. I mean, he's not just, it's not just relative to his weaknesses, like relative to the league average, he's genuinely good there in that arena that area um it was a really well-placed ball and you could see how like comfortable he was throwing like that's right in his wheelhouse all of his best throws in new york look just like that all of his best throws i know we're going back a decade to west virginia that's the only tape we have on him or, or college and two years of the jets um that's what he does well if he does something well it's that so it's good to see him do that in the with live action um what i am most curious about though is when he did scramble one it was good that he was still working the pocket for all that it was worth before he decided to take off. I think for the most part, he was keeping his shoulders perpendicular to the line of scrimmage, trying to stay in a throwing position, trying to maintain his throwing base. Um, but he did. And then also he exhausted the progression before he scrambled. He wasn't dipping early. Now, what we don't know is he may have gone through the progression, still missed something, or he could have seen something and decided not to throw it. Right. Like that's, that's what we won't know until we get to the ultimate two. I know, the one of them where he scrambled near the um the goal line he he uh you know they they were in a three by two empty formation and they motioned the weak slot to the strong side to get into one of their four-man spacing concepts mm -hmm. um, yep. and which uh, gives you right which gives you like a really good the, the most one-on-one -on -one isolated situation on the backside. they were given Derek, i think it was Derek young Yep. a chance to run a slant and it just wasn't there and then immediately the, he goes to the backside. the corner camped on it uh with inside leverage really well which, he kind of knew it was coming yeah which is good you know anticipation from the corner that's good football from him and then but immediately he gets to the backside and he'll throw that over the ball route and or the the little snag or curl route and spacing without any hesitation even if it's tight coverage and i actually didn't see if anyone was open or not that, so i that's I'm, a so that play, that the 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 over the ball route that you talk about, the kind of like little spot route or or choice mm -hmm. route, um, that was well covered, which is okay. rare. Which makes but sense. I did because he will throw that. Yeah, he will. Right. But I did think he had a shot because the corner played low on it. I they have a corner route from the three who's on on the on the ball on the line of scrimmage. Um, they have a corner route from the three and. I think he had a shot at that, but then you can't tell because we don't have all 22. It's into a honey hole and the safety may have been way over the top of that. And we, we don't really know. He also kind of, um, he was sort of feeling out, I think, Charles Cross in pass protection. Charles Cross didn't lose necessarily, but the way he pass protected um, sort of showed presence of a rusher to Gino's inside, even though he hadn't lost. It was it that was kind of that crossover garden crossover deal, and so Gina kind of bailed on it um, before he maybe had a chance to. Uh, but yeah, that first quarter was kind of that was a, a notable play, and then the the rest of the first quarter was a lot of sort of we don't know if stuff is open or not, but he's sort of standing right. there with good pass protection, looking at stuff downfield which you can't see, and it's yeah. like well we have to assume that it wasn't open, but then. I don't know, surely, especially against like, the single high stuff, kind of just give, give a guy a shot to go and make a play. Sure. But then he didn't and... turn the ball over. But then also, you know, there's a play where he got the left game where he's taking too long to look at the defense, and it's like, maybe he just needs to warm up into it. Right, yeah. Um, and then the the third and sixth sack, that was another case where he 
is trying to get as much out of the protection as he can. But again, we don't know if something was open downfield. As far as the act of taking the sack, though, I think that's permissible on third and six and you're in the middle of the field and you're not in field goal range. If it being third down, try to see if you can make something happen. You got Michael Dixon. You're not really worried about field position, I don't think. But definitely throw the ball away on first and second down because you don't want to set up an unmanageable third down. Um, I don't know. It still would have been nice if he tried to throw the ball out or try to, if he could have made something happen again, we'll know once we get the tape on it. But um, yeah, like he last year, again, only three and a half games, but his sack rate win and gun was extraordinarily low. Um, he took some sacks in under center, but out of shotgun, he is getting the ball out. So the fact that he was able to remain unsacked when he did try to extend the play, I think that's a good sign, but um, and then when the looks were there, the ball was coming off his hand quick. So th there's the semblance of process there. Um, I think he was accurate too. That's another theme. There was accuracy. He had the one miss in the in the uh, end zone to Colby Parkinson. He got pressured and he put it in front of him. I don't really think um, that was a miss. I thought that was one of his best throws. <laughs> really? Which okay. Is weird because uh, they 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 were showing like you know off quarters or like off man, but um you know, then it turns into cover zero. They brought an extra guy through the hole right up his B gap and he put it where only Colby could get it. And I think Colby got hooked by Norwood, like pretty bad. Yeah. And uh, I thought he should have caught the touchdown to Ty. Did you, you remember that play? Or... Yeah, yeah. The um, Yeah, I thought he kind of hooked the arm around there and kind of spun Colby. So uh, kind of surprised that there wasn't a penalty there. Um, that was right before the... Was that the one before the field goal? Or... No, that was before the touchdown, I think. Before the touchdown? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that that play, I thought that was one of Gino's better throws as well. Yeah. Um, And then, Griff, speaking to the process thing, he had the third and 12 before the field goal where um, it was, uh, he got like, it was trips, but 11 personnel. He had an outside hitch, then a slot seam route, and then a chip and release into the flat. And mm -hmm. they were showing too high and they spun into cover three and the corner overlapped the seam really well. And the backside safety is coming from the backside to the middle third, but he was getting over to that as well, I think. And the hitch, they got a curl flat player right under it. So it would have been easy for him to like force it to the seam. But I mean, part of why the Seahawks like him, he didn't force anything. He just checked it down and they got a field goal, which I mean, it was fourth and six. So I, I think so if they wanted to go for it, they they could have, you know, it's more, it's not great, but it's better than fourth and 12 um, or an inception. So, you know, that that, that was a positive. Uh, and then what really impressed me was his second quarter where I thought this, the second quarter he, and, and we should also say because of the defense struggling, especially in the first half, the offense didn't have that much time. They It seemed like they only had two drives in the first quarter, if yeah. that. Um, and then, but second quarter, Gino really put it together. Uh, some great play, uh, threw hot to beat pressure to Kenneth Walker. Um, he did, yeah. Then and he, uh, he, he knew where pressure was coming to. He did. That, really that... smart. He, you can tell he's got that coaching kind of, you know, they've spoke about it before, but he has that coaching kind of deal going on at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, he had that throw to Noah Fant, which is beautiful uh, on the, uh, like an, it was like an intermediate route of play action. But, um, yes, Fant didn't get his feet down in bounds. So that did was, you, did you guys really mention amateur. the, did you guys mention the throw to, uh, to Cade? We're, we're getting to that. Yeah. That was, that, was, that was his best throw. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but then this is the drive before we're talking about. Before that, mm, then after bad. the Fant thing, Derek Young dropped the football where his hands looked hard, and then um, oh, and then Bo Melton like got like alligator arms and dropped mm -hmm. the ball, yeah, which would yeah. have been a third down conversion or close to. And Gene, that was like a little in cut where Gino immediately knew where he was going with the football to beat it, the the um coverage on third down. And we, I think we really want to see what Bo Melton can do on a little drag route or, or slant route where he catches the ball in stride. Um, cause his speed, especially going horizontally across the field, the way he can maintain speed, speed while turning up field. Who, that's right. 
Who caught the crosser on the mesh concept that Locke hit? Was that Milton oh, or Young? That was Derek. That yeah. was Derek. Yeah. Which that Makes was. Sense. Yeah. Okay. And then the the drive after in the second quarter it was like the two minute drill. Took like one minute fifty six, so perfect time, mm-hmm. or one minute forty six, whatever. Uh, they had a few timeouts, but um, that was really nice. That that was where that that really nice you know throw came. Uh, you know, they, he sees that that slot defender turn and and run with with Johnson man turn it, trying to wall the mid open middle of the field. Gino just throws it in, and it it looked like Griffin's trend of hashtag Gino completion every day. It looked like one of those accurate in the <laughs> intermediate range. It really did, and uh, impressive stuff. And that set up the touchdown drive where Gino, uh, he, he that was the one where he he tried to throw it to Colby Parkinson, and I think he got yeah. hooked. And then um, he 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 kept it on the RPO, uh, nothing open, pump fake to create room, got into the end zone. Great, great drive, really well managed. And I mean, there's the, Gino makes me a bit uncomfortable because he he it looks like everything's bordering on too difficult or strenuous. But on that drive, he looked very much in control and mm. in command. Like you know, well, even in the whole second quarter, like for instance, beating the blitz by throwing hot, all of that stuff, and it just seemed to all fit together. And I think that's what Gino can be in this offense so mm-hmm. yeah yeah i thought we kind of saw the uh the complete package i think we saw pretty much everything that we saw last year in terms of just his uh ability to to run this offense and to to keep the ball safe and all that so i i think you know i didn't leave this game really feeling one way or the other or any sort of difference from before the game so about yeah. you know well, one thing we didn't see, though, and the same goes for Locke, is mm-hmm. and maybe the opportunities weren't there. We didn't see any deep shots, like really deep That's shots. True. I mean, yeah. the 21-yarder is still an explosive. Um, but, I mean, it's it's going to be a race for these quarterbacks. Who's the first guy to hit something down the sideline or on a deep post or deep deep over, you know? Um, well, you'd, I think my alarm bells will start going off a bit if that doesn't happen when Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are in the game. Yeah. Cause they're like, that's literally the best parts of their game is that deep stuff. Good one as well. Other things. Yeah. Yeah, Good one's a burner. Good point. So, um, so should we transition to Drew? Yeah. Yeah. Drew Wu. Drew Drew Wu. Wu. (laughs) From Gino come to Drew. So (laughs) let me, let me get his stat line. Probably take me. Here, actually, I got it right here. So he was, uh, he was eleven of 15, 102, 102 yards, uh, six point eight yards per attempt, uh, two touchdowns, two sacks, seventeen yards, loss, one hundred thirty one point one quarterback rating. And I want to say he also had a drop, right? I believe one of those was a drop. Let me yeah. see if I can figure I think that out. Gino had two drops, and I think Drew had one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I mean, yeah, both of them had fairly even stat lines superficially. Which um, to me, that that actually took me by surprise because I, I thought Drew offered a different a different dimension. Like not just the fact that he can he's mobile with his legs and he can throw on the run, but it, it just looked more like it fit the offense, like which is such a sort of you know, what does that actually mean? But like, he seems more comfortable under center, which is odd because I'm not sure I expected that coming in. He seems more comfortable. He just looks more comfortable. It looks effortless Mm -hmm. compared to Gino. Like his, his release is quicker. It's it's not as sort of clunky looking, you know, we've, we've said he has the natural talent and and Carol said as much as well, but the, the contrast of, you know, one half of of Gino, then one half of Drew, that I mean, some through to me. Yeah, I mean, Drew Locke definitely. It, like, if you just put these guys in shorts and just had them go running around doing like quarterback trick shots, like all the guys in the league, and the dust would settle over a couple of hours, and you probably put like Drew Locke toward the top of just raw arm talents in the NFL. I mean, he he is very few guys can throw the ball like he can. Um, the other, th- I mean, before you even get to processing and decision making and all that stuff, right? there's he's still more high variance of the more talented guys i mean he can spray it you know like that one deep shot like 
he's really not an accurate deep ball thrower. I mean, we equate him with taking shots because the arm strength is there, but he's incredibly high variance down the field. Um, he's also capable of an absurdly accurate throw downfield, but he's also just as capable of just throwing one, you know, overthrowing by 10 feet or underthrowing it. Right. And that's a footwork thing, right? For him. Um, it, it often is, but mm-hmm. so, like on that one, his feet were set and maybe it's just, you know, a mental thing who knows, but like, I, mm-hmm. I, if he's the starter, he'll hit them to DK, you know, he won't hit them as frequently as he did to Russ, but he will hit them to DK. Now he did have Cortland Sutton in Denver, who is a good deep ball receiver. And his completion rate was like bottom 10 in the league to him on throws right. over 20 yards. Yeah, um, and imagine what that would look like with Russ with Sutton, you know, like right. I mean, right. Sutton's about to skyrocket, you know, <laughs> if he stays healthy with Russell Wilson. Like they're just they are they they are a match, you know, on the sidelines. So, um, but like overall, there's I think part of the reason why Drew and Gino still aren't really separating like for real yet is that there's a, a floor of play that they both share of just general comfort and they're not doing anything disastrous and they seem to be playing within the scheme even when they're not doing anything special. And I think that's a credit to coaching. Like both of these guys, their idealized versions, I think are we're seeing the beginning stages of it flowering. That doesn't mean it will completely bloom, right? But you're seeing the foundation laid for it. Like he's not doing anything dumb in, dumb in the pocket. He's not drifting when he shouldn't. He's trying to make, even if he could make a better decision downfield, there's mm-hmm. still an idea of like, all right, I can still go to the low read. And he's making that decision quickly. At least he's making the decision quickly, even if it's not the right decision. And again, it's still very well maybe for him. We won't know until we get the tape as the saying goes. Um, mm-hmm. But then also he's not doing anything super risky, but then we still saw him make that really nice throw in the end zone to Colby that got bad of the way. Mm-hmm. But like, that's a... I don't know if you call it risky, but that's not a give me, that's not a gimme throw. That's a throw that honestly only the premium arms in the league can make with consistency. And I don't know if we'll do it consistently, but fitting it over two zone defenders, tight window, putting it high where only he can get it. That's the kind of stuff that you see other guys do and you kind of drool over. Like to me, when we talk about Drew Lock's arm talent, it's not him throwing 40, 50 yards downfield. It's him accessing zone windows in the 15 to 22 yard range with precision. Now, I don't know if he can do it consistently. I don't know if he'll always do it with the right timing, but there he did. And the opportunities that are there are only there so many times in a preseason game when you when you get you know, half the game to do it, but like, that's good stuff. And the fact that he can do that within a framework of generally safe play, Mm. that means that whatever coaching they're giving him and Gino, they're not, they're not um, putting like, you know, they're not putting a leash on either of them, you know? So it's it's cool that we can see that those kind of plays from them within a general framework of safe play, though, the one fade in the end zone that might've been interceptable. um, I don't know how the coaches view it, but, just he's making the, throws downfield. We saw like, play action drift, you know, like all the good stuff in the scheme. Do you mean the back pylon? Throw? Yeah, it's a fuller. It's a fuller. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the yeah. the the DB batted sure. it away, but like I think he could have caught that. Kept his it feet was in a, balance. It was a crosser. Um it was like two crosses to beat man coverage, yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. that it's that same thing that they've or probably Russ. or at least a similar thing that they ran with Russ. Yeah. 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 What did you, what did you think of Drew Ty? Uh, I thought he was. I mean, it, it's clear like the raw talent is just so much higher there than than Gino. But um, and, and really, there were only two throws: the the back pylon throw and the the over the obvious overthrow on the deep shot. That really, those were the only two bad throws, in my opinion, from from Locke tonight. You know, of course, we'll talk about the fumble in a second because I know you want to get to that. And we'll talk about Pete's comments from that and what Drew said as well. Uh, but overall, I thought he made some really nice throws. We saw some, um, you know, different arm angles from him. Of course, Griff mentioned the uh, the throw to, to Parkinson that, that got broken up, but that was a fantastic throw. Mm. Uh, the throw that he had on the run on the two-point conversion that was very impressive. Uh, the throw to uh, to DJ Dallas. I thought that was one of Locke's better moments tonight. So uh, I thought we saw a lot of great stuff from him. I I, I thought it was great that we uh, or that he was you know 
very much willing to to take the check down that he was very much willing to or, or not uh he was not super aggressive, right? Because the thing that you hear about Drew Locke or the thing that we've heard about Drew Locke and the thing that we've kind of seen from Drew Locke just looking back at the tape and everything is that he takes a lot of unnecessary risks and makes a lot of dumb decisions. And at least as far as game one goes and from everything that we heard from the mock game, it seems like he's toned that down a little bit. And like Griff said, you know, I think that's a testament to the coaching here and um, what they've been able to to do here with both of these guys, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I like what you said about the the checking down to the flat. Actually, it reminds me of that. Um, you know, he he got a nice start to the second half and and his game because he checked it down to Bo Melton in the flat and Griff. You brought up Melton running across the field, but we also saw like his crazy kind of speed. Just he had a flat defender to his outside. He caught the ball in the flat and just ran up in the on in the inside alley kind of thing. And suddenly there was forty yards. Now. I'm sure a lot of things went wrong pursuit wise from the Steelers defense, but that kind of just like easy speed kind of gliding speed um, that was like, Oh, hello. And, and, and it was nice that locks, um, you know, he'd, he'd stared at an intermediate crosser for a bit and then decided to check it down. It was nice. That was rewarded. And, yeah. you know, it's good, good for him to probably see stuff like that happen. So uh, the one thing it, that we saw in this, sorry, just real quick, the yeah. one thing that we saw in this game, they tried to uh, make it work with the screens, and it just wasn't working again tonight. Yeah, the the screen it timing, will. I don't it know will. what's going on, but I, I think, yeah, like Griff says, it will. I think that's something the where you sort of have to just yeah, yeah, practice it and establish it. Uh, needs chemistry. I mean, if okay, listen, I know. I don't know what Eskridge will bring downfield, but he will absolutely eat up yards in the flat on passes to the flat, whether it's swing pass, screens. Is he going to play this year? Hopefully, man. Yeah, that would suck if he didn't. But I mean, he's um, he. I think he's the best run after guy on the team. I mean, he's he's like a he can break tackles. He's contact balance for a guy that's five eight. I mean, it's. But we'll see. I don't know. So. My my, I just want. I can't get off the fact with with Locke, like his stuff, his best stuff. I, I he's so impressive. Like you know, we've mentioned yeah. some of it, like that throw to Parkinson from from the three. I thought he was a touch late, but the fact he can do that is impressive. You know, I, I, yeah, it was a it was a good throw, and that he can access that throw. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It kind of was behind him a little bit on the back shoulder, but I think that was partly he tried intentional because the, the he tried to look the backside safety to the isolated receive on the other side, and it didn't quite work. But it was it was right. Um. And then and then like also you know he had command like he was shifting mm -hmm. he shifted the offensive a couple of times and Gina did the same thing. But like to see Locke do it, it's like oh this is nice. And then you know third and six going. To your mesh concept, beat, beating the blitz, um, you know that the the bunch formation touchdown where he throw he sees how they expand and just knows he's going straight to this guy, throws it and and so early that his guy can just turn around and catch the football. Derek Young for the touchdown, but then there's elements where you know it's suddenly like, I I'm always just terrified that there's an impending bad moment with Locke. Whereas with Gino, Gino's almost the opposite. Where I, I mean. Unfortunate things happen with Gino when through his limitations, but not through um, perhaps you know mental errors or, or mental lapses. It's more, it's more you know maybe his talent deficiency. Sometimes that sounds really horrid, but I, does that make sense? Whereas yeah, with, with Drew, no. it's like, what are you like? What are you doing? Like he had that little period, uh, second eleven, where he he didn't he didn't like step up into the pocket he tried to like back foot a throw and it was almost picked by norwood right and then on That's... the third and 11 he over he overthrew a screen not setting his feet and afterwards he was like visibly upset at himself and it's like why and does that he, happen he was there was a, a slight you know starting to unravel a little bit um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we're seeing less of that in seattle with which very little snaps that we have available between the yeah. mock game and this game we're seeing a lot less of that than we did in denver whereas denver he could look perfect one play and then the next three plays it's like what are you doing so it's it's almost the reverse now in terms of how much of what but that, that's an area he has to grow in um yeah with, with with gino it's i think gino's arm strength is so shocking because we have russ to compare him to who has an elite arm and then drew lock who has elite arm strength i don't know if i'd say he has an elite arm overall but elite arm strength and then gino i think you know I, 
I still, I still think we're talking about an average arm talent or average arm strength. And in some contexts can be have above average accuracy, but um, yeah, it's still startling to go from something elite to something average, you know, in terms of arm talent, what's really going to separate these guys is who ends up making better decisions. I think in the drop back game um, when they go in the gun mm-hmm. and it's going to like, who's making more plays in the intermediate because I truly believe, and I think that Waldron thinks he can generate under center offense with either of them. Would it be more fun to be able to run, you know, post cross with, well, with Drew Locke? Absolutely. But both of them could run drift. Both of them can throw out routes in the intermediate. Both of them can run boot stuff. Like they're going to be efficient under center offense. I think at least at worst average, it's who's moving the ball and gun. That is going to be the, the biggest question mark. And some of them had, both of them had some good moments. I, again, I have to rewatch it back to see where these passes were actually coming in. But um, yeah, I don't know. We, we well, still need more data overall. Well, on 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 um on on all of this, you know, the I I agree. But the problem, if the problem, I think with Gino is if you're saying you can manufacture under center stuff, the that ability of locks to throw on the run and on the move kind of unlocks more of that than Gino. I'm not saying Gino can't do it, but like, like the Milton play that I mentioned, locks rolling across his body, like suddenly it unlocks stuff to the left. And I don't yeah. think the defense sure. is expecting that. I, I, sure. I think, I still think Locke has a, I mean, we, I, we, I both, agree. we all agree There's he has more a higher a upside. Yeah, 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 we all yeah. agree. Um, um, but, um, so then yeah. Locke had that strike to Derek Young on the strike concept, which, which looked real good. Setting up with the yep. formations and he had a um, uh, uh, five-step drop under center concept where they, they played like match quarters, had his back on the, the three player and checked it down to Dallas, another check down tie um, and, and mm-hmm. hit the yep. touchdown. And then the two-point conversion, throwing on the run again to home, a perfectly placed, nice little concept dressed up out of gun with a jet or fly sweep action unexpected slide concept which got open on the two-point conversion out of trips and um and and i was like oh well to me lock has to play against higher strings like okay there is weird how they were doing it they were mixing guys through he was playing with kind of the same level of talent as gino was they they did a good job blending everything it seemed but Generally, I think the Steelers had a weaker string out there in the second half. But I was like, you have to make sure that lot maybe do like two series on, two series off in the first half. That may have been their plan, but I don't think they got as much. Maybe they had three on, three off, but they didn't have enough reps because of how poor the defense was. But um, then the 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 lock um <laughs> the the lock bad play happened. The oopsie, the big oopsie. Yeah. Well, well. Actually, he 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 like overthrew that seam ball that you talked about, Ty, as well. But yeah. I think that's because there was one a seam ball's hard because you have to throw it over. He had to throw it over a curl defender, but then two yeah. there was like a middle hole, like safety coming down, and I, it was just a bit yeah. too much on it. But you know, it's all right. Mm. You, you live with those. But then you can live with it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, he had the chance to win the game and he didn't. And it's unfortunate that's his last action on the field because that sticks in the and, mind and the yeah. reasons it happened is worrying, right? Yeah, and and I know, Maddie, you, you're uh, you're going to have a detailed analysis of this later, but that just quickly, that's an area where Gino is legitimately ahead on the pre-snap administrative stuff, setting protections. Gino oh, has, yeah. I mean, Gino has that lead on Drew, and that that is a that is a significant variable. It's kind of like the hidden stuff that maybe is, is, you know, not as easy to pick up on a broadcast, but that's the whole arena where Gino's ahead, I think still. Um, so real quick, do we think Drew starts game two on Thursday? No, I think they switch off quarters. I think they give Gino the first quarter, Drew the second quarter, and then maybe they give Drew the third quarter and then Gino the fourth. But at that point you're going against like, Joe Schmoes. I don't know how. But Griff, how is how is Jacob Eason going to get right? (laughs) (laughs) They're basically saying you're. Yeah, I mean, you're not very good, but you may when we when we have to pick a starter, we may have to get rid of the other guy, and then you may become an assured backup. That might be what's Uh going on here. Right. Uh, He does have an arm, right? I'm not misremembering that. He can. I think he has two arms, Griffin. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's... do they have two arms in England? 
Just kidding. Uh-huh. Um, Do you guys have 10 toes and 10 fingers in England? I think so. If you, if you count, but everyone's like, oh, big thumb. Is your, your thumb's not a finger. Mm. Very mm. funny. Um, Same thing for big toes. Does that rule apply? I don't think so. I think they're a the toe, right? But you don't call your, your thumb a thumb finger, do you? You call it a thumb. It's true. It's true. Right. Yeah, you don't say big finger. Like you say big toe. Yeah. It's a good point. So, so the lock fumble, let's let's talk about it. Because mm. that's the, the big play. And I think, Ty, you're saying, like, is he going to start? I don't think so. I, I Actually, I think, if anything, Pete, Pete seemed, like, quite downbeat in the press conference. I think he thought they were going to win. And then he was really annoyed because Kenny Pickett beat them. And they had a massive pit celebration. Now, if that play doesn't happen, and let's say Drew Locke does lead him down the field and wins the game. Or like they get a field or whatever. Oh hell yeah, yeah yeah. He, he starts. Yeah, he starts Thursday. Yeah, he has yeah, to yeah. be. He has yeah. to be because he's. So he's... that one, that one play, like, did it. Well, one Pete, how do you win a game? You win a game in the fourth quarter, yeah, and Drew Lock kind of lost the game in the fourth quarter. That's true. Two, it's all about the ball, and he turned the mm. ball over. And was it his fault? Well, on the surface, a blindside rusher into your quarterback ain't really ideal and you'd wonder why a pass protection call would let that happen but what happened was uh the Steelers were showing their nickel from Duloc's right side was going to blitz and the, the, the safety over the top of it was creeping down as though he was going to replace that nickel in coverage on the slot receiver so Drew's looking at that we presume he's seeing that and the pass protection slides out there so they put three people for the potential three guys who can come, okay? Now, on the other side, Drew's not thinking anything's going to happen. But what actually happened was the Steelers didn't blitz the nickel off the right side. They blitzed off the left side. So they brought one extra from that side, where the Seahawks only had two guys in the pass protection call, because it was a five-man pass protection call. Seattle could have kept their back in and put three on that side as well. But the problem was uh, they didn't. They, they they instead decided to have the running back as the hot guy. So as they did earlier in the game, as Locke hit earlier in the game and Drew and and Gino hit earlier in the game, you can hit the back as the beater for the pressure. So what happened is they brought three off that side. Drew didn't see it. And Seattle only had two guys out there and Drew got sack fumbled. If Drew had seen it, he'd have also seen DJ Dallas, who'd got clean from anything and was wide open for the pressure beater. But unfortunately, Drew didn't see it and he was sacked. Now, you don't know it's on Drew until Pete Carroll says he saw the same thing as what I saw. And then Drew Locke admits, yeah, yeah, that was my bad. So it was on Drew. That's unfortunate. And he should, as Griffin said, he doesn't have the same command as, as Gino. So Now, it is something that is conceivably fixable. So, you know, if for, for the half glass full people, let's see if Let's see if he can, you know, be able to set protections right next week. And we should say Russell Wilson in the heat of the moment has sometimes struggled. Like Arizona Cardinals games, he struggled with hots. It's a thing that Gino's legitimately good at. And I think we kind of need to, it's hard for some people to wrap their heads around the fact that Gino Smith is actually good at certain things. And I, and I know like it's, you know, you look at his, which his only real tape again is like the Jets, and that's it was did not go well. But you can still, even like then, you can go back and watch that and see, you know, he does some things well. Um, so I don't know. We just need more data, more games, yeah. don't we? Data. So, data. and we're getting a game in five days. Quick turnaround. Five so. days? No yeah. shot. Sure. Oh, barely any time to watch the tape. All right. Defense. Um, The rookie corners thrust into action with Trey Brown out of the picture for the moment. Although he's coming back, Sidney Jones out, Artie Burns out. Um, It was a little rough for them. Maddie, what did you see from the rookie corners? Uh, Tariq Woolen had really bad approach angles. Uh, He couldn't tackle uh he tried to undercut a ball and missed it like he showed in college uh he busted quarters to a stack uh with one running shallow he uh didn't play very well uh and then kobe uh got big boyed um because he's got short arms and he's not the biggest but played pretty good at nickel 
Good. That's and Willem could run, but he like was running and missed the ball. So it's their um, first NFL experience. It is. And, I mean, and, and so they, they were day three picks for a reason. Yeah. I, I expect the good reports from camp to show up eventually, you know, um, they he seemed a little, impressed. that's good. They, they, they just seemed a little like unprepared. It's like things got away from them. Lack of, you know? lack of, um, yeah, lack of preparation. I think the moment, I think just generally for the whole team, it's a young team and they just, on the road, you know, I just don't think they were quite ready for, you know, it's their first yeah. experience of it. Yeah. So got to give them some slack and the tackling overall on defense. Well, I mean, you spoke a bit about the slow linebackers at the start and how the linebacker depth is bad. And especially running these types of defenses where you're like wanting to cover guys tightly or wanting to push with a three and you're getting stretched horizontally, you need to have linebackers who can run and the lower strings couldn't run and they weren't very good. Um, yeah. But the tackling Pete Cowell mentioned as being a massive issue. And it, and it was like, they couldn't tackle at all. If you can't tackle on defense, you won't do much. The other things were, you know, busted coverage, busted run fits, um, like literally just like leaving a C gap just wide open and no one fitting it. Like, okay, that's interesting. And um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I just chalk this for the defense. Like, they got reps. I don't really. It's not. There's no reason to panic because. Yeah, uh, Coleman, by the way, that slant that Coleman gave up on that third and six, he was playing it like he had rat help. So yeah, they, I, I don't know. they tried to, the rat like just went down to the running back. I don't understand it. It was, they sent five and then the, the sixth dude. Yeah, he just doesn't on rat. Late. He just, he just adds sense. on. And so Coleman's like playing firm outside leverage, like you said, like he has a rat and he didn't. So we saw yeah. Gunnar Olszewski look like um, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker. Yeah. Or Wes Welker or yeah. Andy Isabella. Any of those guys. Good. Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Hunter yeah. Renfro. Yeah. Uh, Brent Burson, Cole Beasley. Brandon Stokely. Brandon Legend. Stokely. All these guys that are just very, very, very similar in many, Danny, many ways. Danny Amendola. Joe Girofishis. Mm-mm. Jordan Adam Nelson, Thielen. Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup. Alec Pierce, <laughs> Charlie Cup. Martin, all yeah. six, seven of him. You know, Tanner McAvoy, Tanner McAvoy Brian Walters, Steve Largent, Brian Walters. Um, we're just giving you guys some ideas. Cody here. Thompson, Cody um, Thompson, Gronkowski, JJ so one, Watt. If you played slot receiver, mm, Travis Kelsey. One, one Travis positive Kelsey. was I don't know about Harrison Travis Smith. Harrison Smith, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. you got you're back on track now. Yeah. One um, positive was, uh, I mean, Maddie other than Brown, a few scheme things, um, other than a few scheme things, I'd be a good slot receiver. Other than a few scheme things, like yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they did like six two tough fronts. They did for heavy personnel yeah. like last year. They ran a lot of. Even fronts. They ran a lot of four-two-five nickel. What happened? I mean, they, I thought they were three-four. Were... What the heck? Yeah, it's well. So, like, the principle there is they are trying because it's easier to get edge rush when you're in a four-man front, right? They're trying to be juiced up on the edges as much as possible. But that said, we didn't get a lot of base personnel. So, when they're facing like the heavy under center teams, you're gonna we're gonna be seeing more of it, right? In base, um, we'll see more three-four. But uh, I won't be surprised if they still try to remain in the in a four down front somehow, some way, um, in, in a lot of different contexts. Um, so the, that's that's the front. Real really quick on the edges, though. Yeah, that's the big yeah, thing Ma- I want to talk Mafe. about. Mafe, Mafe. So yeah. boy, Mafe sack. Okay, so hand and dirt. It seems like he has no false step problem because he can just fly. He can just power off out of his stance. I don't think when he's standing up, he's rocking and he tends to shift his momentum. He can, he can time it up where he's rolling off his front foot. Like he should, like he should his back foot's lifting up first. Um, and he gets speed depth on the tackle. He's deliberately cranking his hips and toes around. It allows them to square his shoulders to the tackle while he's running a curved path, swipe rip, and then bend under You can still see like his lower body was still in an awkward position as he was bending but his get off, his play strength, that contact, and his hips and toes were helping him maintain as tight a path as possible. That's what some of his best college reps look like. So that's him taking the coaching, I imagine, like him developing the way he needs to develop. 
He looked a little clunky at times on the left side when he doesn't get that the time time up the snap well. Um, just because he's not that fluid in his lower half, that's why the Cliff Averill comparisons drive me nuts. Because Cliff Averill is as bendy as you can be in, in your in his lower half, but still really good things to see from him. We saw some speed to power off the left side, so it's really encouraging to see from him. But the other guy, Alton Robinson, coming in trim like a full fifteen pounds lighter per him, uh, he looked really good. He's coming off the ball way quicker, and it's just like what we talked about in the last episode. When he's coming off the ball quicker, he's he is tough to handle at the top of the rush. I mean, he got into that rip and bent it, and the tackle couldn't do anything. He's just too stout through contact, bending through contact there. So, really good stuff. Um, he had a couple of good rushes. He was active all night. Um, Taylor's fast. We know that he got in, he got into the backfield a couple of times. Um, you know, just with pure speed rushes. So that's that's really good signs to see from that group. Uchenna Wosu didn't have a lot of reps, but he has some good speed of power. He looked the part. He had a good inside move. So good stuff there. Uh, and uh, our guy, Miles Adams, had a really good game. I can't wait for the yep. tape for that because, I mean, the, the standout was that third and two quick swim to beat the guard on, uh, I think it was inside zone, and get the tackle for loss to get the defense off the field but uh, you know he looked disruptive had a toolkit i think you said griff of, of like pass rush moves so exciting hands power leverage like dude he's got to be he's got to be not just make the team but you got to give him a couple hundred snaps this year yeah. who and we then, didn't see was aaron Doncor though i don't no, think he even got on the field who was we, 48 48 was doing some things uh lakeem williams lakeem williams okay and we didn't see we didn't see Josh Johnson either on offense. So there's a Shame. few like upsetting absences. Maybe they got knocks. We don't know. They're not like the marquee players that reporters would necessarily ask about. But uh, yeah. Th- and then. Uh, oh, wait. Lakeem to- Williams is 46. Hold on. Hmm. Two other scheme notes while Ty looks that up are. Uh, I mean, it looked like they were matching the nickel uh, to like trips in cover three. So like a stubby check. Like. Looked like he was taking the seam, and they looked like they're playing more like Rip Liz, but I couldn't tell if it's cover one or not. But they were catching, so I think it was Rip Liz cover three. So both seams matched rather than just the one seam and leaning, which has its negatives as we saw today. And then the other thing was they ran that cool um, double A gap uh, look where the backers keep dropping out, and then it's like a coffee house stunt version where the guy to the back pretends to drop and then rushes back in and basically it keeps the back in protection and it means you can run like a three deep three under fire zone but your hot to three player doesn't have anyone to cover so it's basically like playing cover one rat but with more kind of zone intentions which i mean that's cool if you're nerdy and then i guess we should probably mention the offensive line who i thought did a fantastic job Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, either... real, real quick, by the way, Griff, you, uh, there isn't a number 48. So Lakeem Williams, is <laughs> oh, 46, is it 40, it's 49 then 49. Yeah. That's uh Josh, uh, Ono Giogu. Okay. Nice. UDFA. All right. So, all right. I mean, he, he looked active. He, maybe he's a practice squad stash guy that develops over time. I mean, he looks like the, you know, you talk about how for a three, four teams, you want your depth guys to just be athletes that just kind of do stuff. Can he be one of those guys? We'll see. Um, so, yeah, but, but the offensive line, I mean, either Travis Homer is Barry Sanders or this is a very good run blocking unit. Um, now, Travis Homer actually did look pretty good running the ball. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Um, but Jake Curhan, he looks as good as he did last year in run blocking. I don't know how a guy that plays so upright gets so much movement on people. But he's just stronger than them. Um, he's just moving people. Uh, I think Phil Haynes looked really good too. Mm. So did Damian Lewis. I mean, I mean, they were all run blocking well. Cross didn't seem to have any issues. He had a good down block on one of those counter runs where he has to wash oh, out yeah. the end. Yeah. Um, so the, they're the just. The mid zone was dominant, man. It like, was like, really good, front side it, and back side. W- 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 they ran for like 6.1 yards per carry, 159 yeah. yards, 26 and, times. Like, and, and then, um, yeah, go ahead. The 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 Abe Lucas play where he's trying to um, seal a five tech basically, so mm-hmm. on his outside shoulder, but he's trying to get him to his inside, and he like latches on and then pancakes the dude to the inside, and it and, you know it turns out that guy's like a third string edge according to the Steelers depth chart that their media team handed out, but like still 
it for a guy who, you know, we're kind of like, well, he hasn't had maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't like blocking people or maybe he just hasn't had the opportunity, but he had the opportunity today and he excelled the whole. And then the pass pro gave gave the quarterbacks time too. Like the, the O-line looked really good. I, yes, it's the Yeah, the pass protection then... was... Charles Cross is what a top 10 pick looks like, man, at tackle. So that's 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 really good stuff. Yeah, the, the level of comp isn't there, but he looked really solid. I think the guards held up really well too. Um, but again, yeah, I'm really excited to really dive into that from the tape and see how it looked. But if if the protection is good this year, it, it, it really defines the ceiling for the offense. And I... Just saying on record, I think the ceiling for the offense is like dead average, but, and I don't think that's necessarily the most likely scenario of them breaching their ceiling, but I think it's attainable. So it'll be interesting to watch, but it will, it will, it will depend on what protection could do. Really good first outing for, for them. So, mm-hmm. like, like Gino's sack. Yeah, he could have thrown, thrown it away, but that was a coverage sack. Yeah. You know, so. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff from the protection. Good stuff in the run game. Uh, even from the second unit too. DJ Dallas had a lot of lot of holes tonight. So I thought he actually missed loads of cuts. Like yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and seemed really slow, but he went off. So yeah. Um, I mean, so DJ does look quicker though than his first year. Um, mm. I thought he looked kind of slow footed. I, I he's he's not. It's startling because he's not, you know, Penny. He's not Walker, but he's still better for himself. I still think he's a depth guy. But Kenny Walker, I mean, his average wasn't great, but he looks really natural just gliding back there. Fluid, um, fluid, fluid, fluid. And just easy vision. Like, yeah. The run blocking was really good for the him. Pacing, yeah. But the, yeah, the pacing of it, like the way he's able to cut when the holes at his best spot to cut, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah, so exciting stuff, and I guess you know the Seahawks play the Bears at home next Thursday or Friday for me, one a.m. And you know that's the next next opportunity for us to see them. We'll have a tape podcast, hopefully come out on. Should we aim for Wednesday? I guess so. Oh no! Uh, yes. Should we record Tuesday? Tuesday, I guess. Yeah, Can we do that. I can. If the tape is out by then, yeah, I can do Tuesday. Yes. Okay. Okay. So if the tape's out then, and if it's not, then we're sorry. Then Wednesday, and if not, then Thursday. Fernando, thank you everyone for listening, watching. You know the drill. Like, subscribe, five-star reviews, retweet, follow, etc., etc. And uh, go Hawk. Oh, so let's hawks. <laughs>